and the game now looks like a, you can't call, say this, but we can say as well, because it's a bit more of a duck than it was maybe three or four days. <laughs> sure. Best formation in football. Victory formation. And how about this moment for Colt McCoy stepping in for Daniel Jones? Welcome to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. This week, joining myself, Stuart Colt, as ever, is the man who said last week, this last Sunday's game against the Giants was a bit of an egg. How right you were, but how wrong you were at the same time. Mr. Nathan, how are we, sir? I'm all right. Well, I love doing this podcast. I think this is, what, fifth season we've done it? And honestly... Uh, like I just because of the content of what we're about to discuss, both in the past and the future, I just cannot be asked. Like we we've somehow regressed into supporting the most boring, milk toast bunch of shite, and I can't believe that it's the same team that we watched at the start of the season. I, I just can't believe it, and this has got more players than that team did. I, I'm just. <laughs> Honestly, I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss at the moment to explain it all. Yeah. um, Someone messaged me on Monday asking what I thought, and it was just five or six less than glaring words in response because embarrassing, pathetic. I think we're in there. It was just... we, we, We kind of said with Ben last week that the Giants are doing all right, but even so, the team at the top of NFC West with a quarterback who what a month ago was the MVP of the league and they put up they scored one touchdown and even that is kind of not fluky because obviously it's designed but even that was some risk averse to throwing that board to Carson which got the one touchdown and see it scored on Sunday in their loss to the New York Giants it was it was just yeah, like this is there's probably going to be a lot of dead air on this week's podcast because I think everything every inch has been written about it. It's, it just was as bad as it's been probably since the last time we played Colt McCoy. It's funny. I did. We both did post game shows with various different pods, and on that I said, apart from the touchdowns we've scored against the Eagles and the Giants, can you remember a single play of like anything that was? Oh, that was quite cool. And now it's to the point where I can't even remember the touchdown that we scored against the Giants. I've got to be honest, I forgot until I started talking. I don't even know which end zone he, it was. He, he, it was to the tip end zone. Yeah. And he rolled out to his left and then threw to like the one and Carson caught it and got his feet just inside the pylon. I don't know why I'm doing hand actions. It's an audio medium, but never mind. I, I, honestly... Just nothing doesn't even ring a bell. Um, but it's funny that we talk it's about like Stockholm syndrome, isn't it? Though, because like there's things like Cov, Cov City keep tweeting videos from like five years ago. I have no recollection of the game, and I was ninety five percent sure I was there. <laughs> kind of like at a certain point, like we watched the same shit for pre Buffalo, since Buffalo, including Buffalo, it's been garbage. It's been so bad. I mean that game. It's funny that it's happened in the same year, kind of on the NFC East rotation, but I feel like that game reminded me quite a lot of the then Redskins game when Baldwin didn't take a knee um, and Cousins led a drive. Yeah, like the week, the, week after the, the week after the Texans' wild one, or the week before. I know that our mate Blair Walsh missed three kicks in that game, yeah, I think, yeah, and it was just yeah. one of those games where, like, 
We were never in control, but you just assumed that at some point we'd just win. And all of a sudden, we were losing. And that's a little bit how it went on Sunday. Like I, was, I was watching, and you're paying attention, but I was watching on, you know, I had Red Zone on the TV, I'd see it was on a laptop, so it's never quite the same. And there's breaks, so you have volume on and volume off. And you're watching, and the safety happens. You're like, well, that's annoying. That should have been seven. But, you know, it doesn't matter because this game is just a nothing. And all of a sudden... Two th- uh, two runs by Wayne Goldman, and you fucked. Well, see, it's even the, it's even the start of it because obviously they scored. They looked tidy on the first drive, got the field goal. Then Colt McCoy gets the ball in his hands. You realise that he can't throw. Mm-hmm. Jordan Brooks, I think it was his first pass. Jordan Brooks should have nearly intercepted it. It's like okay, this is fine. Next one, maybe one first down, then we put the ball away. So it's fine. Like this quarterback is terrible. Our run defense is good. We got Carlos Dunlap on the snap count. That's fine because again, the quarterbacks are very good, and that was the case for like pretty much until Wayne Gorman got the ball, and then like three Seahawks players misplayed it mm. until he broke through past KJ Wright. You're like, this is fine. Then you're like, oh no, yeah. And even like in the fourth quarter, I I, I thought this in the Buffalo and the Rams game that like. We're losing in the fourth quarter, but the urgency and like the time is just drifting away in the game. Obviously, you do remember the championship game against the Niners. If you think about how much happened in that fourth quarter, like I think we had a couple of turnovers. They had a long drive. It felt like it went on for ages and it felt like, because we were winning at the time. And I remember looking at the clock after every play thinking, why is the clock not moving? There is so much happening in this quarter. And I, th- I feel like on Sunday, I looked at the clock and there was about 12 minutes to go. And all of a sudden, it's about three minutes to go. And we just like pissed away a quarter and through a lack of urgency. Um, and a timeout. Yeah, I mean, that timeout was just indicative of the, of the yeah, whole rub. The fourth quarter in that Niners game had the, it had the first, fourth and seven, didn't it? That was the fourth quarter. It must have done because it was towards that end zone. Yeah. And then it had a chance of a pick. Yeah. Then you had the and it had a and it had a microphone a fumble. Yeah, Avil Bennett fumble. Two field goals. And then even their last drive before the tip was like four and a half minutes, probably three and a half minutes. Yeah. And can you think of anything that happened in the fourth quarter? I know, obviously, you can't really compare, but just I found I found our lack of urgency when we were losing games has been quite a lot, and the way in which like teams have been able to sort of do a Seahawks on us it, and uh, let the clock just drift. It was the same against the Vikings. Um, yeah. Pretty, like, the, the difference is, obviously, we scored. Like that first moment, not the last drive, but the penultimate drive was like six minutes left, took us three minutes. Mm. If we don't get that one stop, it's, it's yeah. Like, but, um, Russell Wilson's obviously probably, like I said, this this. I can't think of many worse games he's played like for 60 minutes. He was off. In, like I said to, well, I jumped on the Seahawkers post game, which is somewhere on the internet. Um, I said to Brandon, it's, it was almost like he had the yips. Mm. It was like, like double clutch. It looked, so at the same time, Carson Wentz was being benched for stepping back, reading one and just carrying into a ball. He was benched. Russell Wilson was the MVP a month ago and he was just it was weird and like he was he was 
he was literally going for the Hollywood pass. It's like me playing five star football. He was going for the five star pass, ignoring the fact that he can't kick the ball overhead high. That's what I used to do when I played five star football. That's what he was doing on Sunday. He was going, like, even the fourth and 18 or whatever, the last play of the game, our last play of the game, he has to lock it. And I think Hollister, for a good 20, 25 yards, obviously it's not, there's like 25 seconds left. It's not ideal, but there's enough time to, I mean, you're throwing a 70 yard Hail Mary. Mm. It's just, uh, it, it, I can't think of many worse games Russell Wilson's played. Like, like he's had slow starts, like Buffalo. I mean, in Buffalo, he kind of he had a couple of plays, but then obviously, because he was chasing the scoreboard so much, he forced it even more. But Sunday was just like, there was nothing. Absolutely. Like Lockett and Metcalf both got 60. Carson ran for like, if not five yards of carry, pretty close. But the quarterback, for like, we've got to give, it's probably the first time, like I said, it's the first time it's happened, was the thing dragging this team, well, the thing on field dragging this team and offense down more than anything because he hasn't had O line for the last decade, but he's been doing doing uh, things and he just didn't on Sunday. But it was just, I don't know, it, it just was not good. And Russell Wilson was at the core of it, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, well, I think uh, Carol mentioned in his press conference today that he was pretty happy with how the pass protection held up. And until um, <clears throat> Chase Wheeler, whoever the fuck that is, came Chad, in at right Chad, tackle. Chad Wheeler. Well, my, my point entirely. <laughs> um, until he came in in the fourth quarter and kind of, you know, stunk the place out quite dramatically. The, the pass pro was pretty good. And I don't know which game it was that I mentioned a couple of weeks ago. We had a guest on. I can't remember which game it was that Wilson kind of looked like he had like skittish feet in the pocket and he's taking a lot of, it looks like Paul Pogba taking a penalty um, when he's about, instead of like stepping into a pass and throwing it, he's, he's tapping and he looks like he's on to doing like, like, like the river dance back there. Um, he just doesn't look steady on his feet. Um, and, you know, invariably you're now getting things about, well, is he distracted and should he be selling aprons? We'd let Russ cook. I mean, it's bollocks that, um, but people are going to ask it because that's kind of the way it goes when someone's earning $35 million a year. Um, but he just needs to play better. I mean, I'm very confident that he will. And in a way, when we've all been saying, like, it's probably not sustainable the way in which we're playing, it's because Wilson, every win we've had this year, has been pretty remarkable in getting the job done. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen for 17 games. Like, even Mahomes gets the odd game where it's like, well, I'm just going to hand it off today and let the running backs do it. But if we're going to win, it's always on Wilson. And eventually, it's going to take its toll. And I think Sunday... Um, you know, against a team that just did decent fundamental stuff on defense, and we were pretty basic. You know, the play action game wasn't there. Um, I thought weirdly we missed someone like Greg Olsen just to like pick up six yard chunks because the tight ends aren't doing that outside of Olsen, which I really didn't expect to be saying. Um, yeah, I just it, it was just not a good day for him. And uh, well, yeah, he, he's your guy forever, so sort of out is all we can hope for, I guess. Yeah, but I think that there also wasn't any quick passes, screens. If you didn't, especially when Rewa came in, I know we're chasing the ball, chasing the game a little bit, and we need to get the ball downfield. But you got DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett obviously got ramped up again. But David Moore, like David Moore, has been on the injury report for two weeks, and he's just apart from the fourth and two. He hasn't touched the ball. Like he's good in space. Is the reason he was one of your kick returns for a couple of years. He wasn't getting the ball on Sunday. It was. He looks slow when he has had it yeah. handled the last couple of no, weeks. I think he's injured. Like everyone's saying, yeah. like, when Ty Lockett's dinged up, the whole offense breaks. 
David Moore's injury seems to be lingering weird mm. because Freddie Swain is clearly not there yet. Maybe Truss with Schottenheimer, I don't know. Penny Hart is just the body until Josh Gordon's activated. And then you got Disley, Parkinson, and Hollister. And Hollister's not going to do anything in space. Disley might. I mean, he, yeah, Disley might. But it's just, again, it was another game where they just didn't change things up. If Schottenheimer, like, I think we, I think when we had Rob on about, what, four or five weeks ago, he said that, it, I think it was Rob, he was laughing at the fact that Schottenheimer's been touted for head coaching jobs by Seahawks fans. Mm. That's like, this is why it's not happening. Because how much of the blame he has with the head coach for that, but they're not changing things up. It happened against Arizona. It happened against Buffalo. It happened to a lesser extent against the Eagles because obviously you still had Metcalf going wild. And it happened for 60 minutes on Sunday. There's, there's got to be something where they can just change it up because it, it, whatever the plan was on Sunday wasn't working, but they just stuck with it until the final throws. Yeah, I mean, at, at one point, I think they threw like a 30-yard corner route, uh, wheel route to Jacob Hollister uh, in that last drive. And you're just thinking, is this, or maybe it was near, end of, near the end of the third quarter, it was to the left end zone. Um, and you're just thinking like, is that really the best we've got, like a 30-yard launch to Hollister. Um, and that struck me as, as, as quite desperate. Um, yeah. And what, what was the vibe on your uh, on your, your post-game show? I mean, ours was pretty hot and people were pissed off. Well, uh, what well, was it like with, uh, with you and Brandon? It was like, I was just really tired as I made a comment <laughs> a few times because we waited for Russell Wilson to do his press conference and that took an hour and 45 minutes and then we had the 15 minutes of cliches and nonsense from Russell Wilson just I just I think I was too tired to give a shit I think by that point <laughs> it was just it was all it was like, basically what I've just said for the last 10-15 minutes it's all on Russell Wilson mm. like the, de- the defence was good the defence I know it's Colt McCoy but he had 105 yards they got the turnover but the Seahawks offence with a top five quarterback with a, a running back who's going to want to be paid with what a top a top tier left tackle in Dwayne Brown. Obviously, he's not going to make any plays catching the ball or running the ball. But that offense should be able to put up with the fact that the defense is going to have one. I mean, the Giants basically made three plays on offense, and mm. um, the offense could not do anything to like bite back against it. And that is just pathetic. If you offered me 17 points against in every game, there yeah. isn't one opponent that I wouldn't take that against. Yeah. I think it's a stat since week six. I think our defense has given up, I think it's 19 and a half points per game. Hmm. That's like, um, I think those 2012, 13, 14, that 2013 to 15, I think it was like 15, 14 and a half, something like that. Mm. So a, we, we, the defense for five games has given up a field goal more than what the best defense is franchise and team and league has seen for the last 25, 30 years. And that wasn't enough against Colt McCoy, Wayne Goldman, Alfred Morris, and names at wide receiver and Golden Tate. I mean, like the Giants lead receiver had 30 yards receiving. So there's like, there's, apart from three players misplaying the room play, I think it was KJ. Quandre and I think whoever the defensive end is, Mayoa or Green, I think. Um, apart from those three, play, that one play, 
it was fine because mm-hmm. even even without that, Wayne Gorman is under probably probably under fifty yards rushing. They don't have a receiver over thirty five. The quarterback, it's just yeah, it's just it's just pathetic from the offense. It's just there's like there's been talk about the Ravens for what five weeks about Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson come out saying that the defense is now what they are calling. I know it's the the Cowboys last night, but look look what they did. Mm. I mean, look what imagine. look what Sean Payton is doing with a backup quarterback. Yeah, um, you know, th- well, there not are a quarterback. He's a tight end. Yeah, there are so many offenses that don't have a perfect, you know, offensive system right now. You know, Kevin Stefanski is dialing up. You know, Baker Mayfield, who some might say is a hit and miss player, you know, forty-three points against the Titans. You know, who are going to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, the Rams are cooking up all over the the Cardinals. Um, the Bills are phenomenal um, against the Niners the Niners on offense. And a lot of it was just scheme. Like they were just, if you watch them play, we, we, we said this a few years ago on the pod when the, the, the whole, our offense was really stodgy. Like it looks like we're watching a different sport when we watch other <laughs> offenses play. And for the, Shanahan as well. Yeah. And for the first eight or nine weeks this year, you thought, wow, like we're now one of those teams, but now it kind of feels like we're back to where we were. And I did see an interesting comment where someone said that in games where, they're so confident of winning. Um, they just go so risk averse with Wilson that they're like, you, you're not going to do anything today. We're just going to win. And that's what kind of what they did against the Eagles where they just didn't let him really do a lot. And it was almost like it was a bit like that on Sunday until it got too late. And like, fuck, we've now got to do a lot of stuff and we don't know what to do. Yeah. With a fourth choice wide tackle. Yeah. Who I, th- I think it was Jeff Schwartz pointed out that he wasn't wearing tape on his hands. <laughs> and like, apparently it hurts when you have tape on your hands, let alone when you don't have tape on your hands, which is, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I think you used to be in the Giants practice squad and their airline has been worse than ours. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was just, it was terrible. Um, Brandon Shaw obviously clearly made a massive impact because the second game he's missed and the airline has not been great, but the quarterback on Sunday was um, worse. But like, Chris Carson, five yards of carry almost. And I said, DK and Tyler had another solid day. Obviously, didn't find the end zone. Like, it's, it was, they were close, despite everything, to pulling this out if you just read it on paper, Adam. Yeah. Um, Which is probably more annoying than anything. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of moments in the game where, like, so DK Metcalf has that huge stiff arm on James Bradbury. Um, and, you know, the commentators are like, well, you know, that'll give them some juice. And then there was uh, one of those kind of defensive meetings on the sideline where Norton's trying to get them all fired up and they all put their hands in the air. It's like all for one and one for all. And they, you know, they're saying, you know, that'll give them some juice. And I'm thinking, I don't, like, that's not really what you want to hear. Like, I'd like to see them schematically beat this team, not because they're going to get some juice from sort of hypothetical mental stuff that you see from, from people doing on the field. Like, in an ideal world, you get both. Like, the action on the field fires the players up um, to then execute the strategy better. But it just felt like for the second game in a week that the strategy on both sides of the ball was just, well, we'll probably win, so just play this with a straight bat and then we'll be fine. Yeah, I th- yeah. but I think he, I think that Ken Norton thing was after that long run, which is yeah. what, th- uh, fourth quarter. So the defense was fine. And they yeah. make, they have one misstep or two, obviously two or three because they scored a couple of plays after, but it was one misstep and Ken Norton's huddling the troops 
however however ineffective or performative it may have been but like Shot and I was sitting in the booth and they're just calling the same shit they were calling a month ago and the quarterback is I don't know something is off and they're just not changing it up the offense the offense should have been the one in the huddle mm. DK or Dwayne or Russell Wilson but they just kind of just yeah just slept walk their way through it it was just it, yeah it, it was not good um, defensively though like we said apart from six yard run and a couple of other plays were pretty on point Carlos Dunlap was clearly injured to some extent because he well don't think I saw him on the field the only time they showed him on TV was him standing on the sideline Jamal Adams led well had 11 tackles a tackle for a loss uh, a sack and obviously a quarterback hit Quandre Diggs got another interception returned at 32 yards and looked like he was about to break it but I think I said on with Brandon that the biggest positive for me on Sunday was number 56, Jordan Brooks, because there's been a lot of talk about the Seahawks drafts and the first picks, RJ Collier and Fedi and Malik McDowell and the rest of it. But RJ Collier is making not every down plays, but he's, make, he's showing up when it occasionally counts. But Jordan Brooks looks a player, Adam. Yeah, he looked really good. Um, the linebackers do have this even like in the era of the LOB, like I do feel like we dropped so many picks. Like Earl Thomas used to do quite a few and Chancellor, and I feel like Brooks has kind of inherited a little bit of that, which is slightly frustrating, but I'm sure it'll come. Um, yeah, he, he was excellent. Um, and if the youth in that department develops in a way that we think it should, then um, we might be in a better position on defence going forward than we maybe otherwise thought we would be. Yeah, it's just a shame we, we don't have any first round picks to consolidate it for a couple of years but we've got Jamal Adams and he's going to get paid quite a bit um, any other positives from Sunday it ended I guess yeah the game's not to... still going on that's a, that's a real positive <laughs> um, any other positives uh, well Adam Amin didn't mention us That's a, that was a big negative well, yeah the one thing I heard him say was uh, Seahawks fans all around the world okay it's, it's quite a tenuous link but I didn't even say it yeah it's like I think his uh, his partner in the booth was getting uh, pelters from uh, social media for some reason um, yeah, but, uh, Ben texted me saying Giants Twitter is not, we're not a fan of the Coventry team really yeah but I, I think Ben said they've had him like four times this season should oh. I have anyway mm-hmm. but yeah well, he, no. was, uh, he was very he was eulogising about Jamal Adams being uh, everywhere wasn't he which was yeah. uh, was it Savoir Faire that they were talking about all yeah, the time? Yeah, uh, it was, that was, yeah. It, it was fun. It, it was fun though because like they were enjoying it while we weren't enjoying it. Yeah, exactly. Good luck to them. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah. There's not anything else of any positive other positives there. from. I mean, I mean, the defense is not maybe good as being too strong, but they're going to get done that back to full power. You'd expect. Mm. Quinton Dunbar is practicing this week, so he's going to be back. And I mean, it could be a positive. Obviously, recency bias suggests that well, Buffalo was last time he played, and that didn't go very well. Um, so, I like, think the, the biggest th- negative for me is that we've got a complete nothing game this Sunday. Like, I really want to. Want, yeah. I wish we had a proper game on Sunday. I kind of. I, I sorry. I kind of wish the next two games were swapped. Hundred percent. I want to know what we've got. Yeah. Is I'm a bit worried going <laughs> forward that we're fucked, if I'm honest. 
Um, but, and I, the, the Jets game is going to be, you know, 30 to 10. Nothing's going to happen. Carlos Hyde will have 120 yards rushing, but we're not going to learn anything. No, um, but, but, will, but people will take it as Russell Wilson bounce back again. Yeah, which is bullshit because we're playing a college team on Sunday. <laughs> I sort of wish we had a real game because I want to see everyone bounce back properly. But there's a, there's a limit to what you can do against Adam Gase. Yeah, uh, but remember, well, whoever whoever is calling their plays, obviously. We have called, well the third down plays. Yeah, he yeah. does the third down plays. What, what, how is he? Like, he's just outlasting everyone. Well, he's he's the, the key to the tank. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. So do you, do you think like Prince Charles, like Trevor Lawrence is kind of like Prince Charles? <laughs> Expand. Well, because he's waited for so long for this opportunity to play in the league. Mm-hmm. Charles has waited so long to be king. Mm-hmm. And like his mum's still around and Adam Gase is still there. I would bet an awful lot of money on the fact <laughs> that those two will not be united in New York <laughs> one way or the other. I don't know. I've got a weird feeling he's still going to be there next year. Really? Yeah. Like they sat Greg. Like Greg Williams deserved the sack because we didn't deserve the sack because he's helped him keep hold of Trevor Lawrence. But he went before him. It's an odd one. But yeah, uh, yeah. But I think the biggest positive is that the defense played well. Obviously against yeah. a back or quarterback, but they they looked like a league average or above defense, which is all we really wanted. Yeah, so we needed a month ago, but now we need yeah. we need we need the carcasses of 2013 Earl Cam and Sherman get that, Richard, get that Richard Sherman back that's what I say mm, yeah but not, not some people he went to San Francisco you know what that means <laughs> basically on Alcatraz uh, yeah I think that's it. I, I, it I'm glad we didn't do this podcast Monday yeah because we may have had like some season assist letters I think have we just done our Jets preview already no, we like can is, talk, a, talk a little bit about it if you want. Have you got anything to say about it? I mean, Denzel Mims is good. Did I see that he was injured? Oh, is he? Oh, no, he's not injured. He had to go back to Texas for a family emergency. Was that before the game last week? No, he, he, I'm pretty, he played on Sunday. He's in my, one of my fantasy teams. If he played, I have a feeling that he had to go back to... Oh, so Jameson, okay, Jameson Crowder's good. <laughs> Denzel is away from the Jets due to a personal matter and it could impact his status for Sunday's game against the Seahawks. So he could miss the game. Uh, I would imagine that's because if he's leaving some sort of COVID-secure environment for his family, he won't be allowed to play. Um, So that's a bit of a shame from the spectacle standpoint because he is uh, a good player and uh, And he's great for Baylor. And uh, yeah. I'm not even going to get to see Frank Gore again. Because he's in the concussion protocol and he's like 45 and that's bad. When do you think the last time Frank Gore wasn't concussed? That's a very good point. 2014? I mean, no. He, he went to Miami. Like, if anyone's watched The U, they got up to... All, and obviously, it's like 15 years before Frank Gore was up. He went to The U while yeah. The U was still like the semblance of what was going on down there. So, okay. like, he had one when he was 19... I mean, his son is two years away from playing in the league. It's unbelievable. Um, quarterback, Donald, poor him. Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl. Mekhi Becton is... I said he was going to be good. I said to Matty Brown he was going to be good. 
he is ludicrously large. Yeah, he is good. I mean, I think <clears throat> the only really thing to talk about with the Jets is kind of what they've got going on in the future and you know, the potential of couple of first round picks, new head coach, new offensive coordinator. They've got a few, you know, they've drafted moderately well last year. You know, this isn't, you know, the Pajetrian podcast or whatever it is, this is what we're turning into. But uh, what's the score prediction? What's your score prediction for Sunday? The, the Pajetrian. Yeah, Pajetrian. I thought you were well educated. What do you mean? The Pajetrian, that doesn't work. Well, this is the pedestrian. I, yeah, I, basically, this show, this show, Stu, is called the pedestrian. I mean, we do it with the Seahawks, right? So what I'm thinking is that for the Jets... Well, surely it would be called the pedestrian podcast just in a different context because their team is legitimately pedestrian. Yeah, but I wanted to give a bit more text. It, 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 I don't think it worked. I think pedestrian is good. Hey, uh, Dave Sawyer's Nick, Nick Wright, you're, you're listening. <laughs> you can tell us what you think. <laughs> and yeah, uh, Dan, uh, Dan Cohen, of course. How could I possibly miss that? Yeah, Dan Cohen? Uh, f- future podcast guest, Dan, Dan Cohen. Yeah, future podcast. I, I, we, I think we can continue that bit. We can be a future podcast guest forever. Just, just between us three. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah, score prediction. Jet stream podcast, you let us know. Uh, score prediction, uh, Jet Seahawks. I'm going to go. Oh, I, I don't even think I care. <laughs> <laughs> like, because. Oh, I'm going to make the same mistake you made, but they, they're going to win, right? Yes. But, like... It's going to be 30 to 10. I, it wouldn't surprise me if we shut them out. If Mims ain't playing, that's a massive... Like, Quentin Dunbar is, like, going to be have the loosest hamstring in the world if he ain't playing. Or what knee, whatever it is, his issue is. But, like... Cough play Wickham on Saturday and can go 10 points clear of Wickham. That's all I give a share about this weekend. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, mean, I, did, I must say, I did struggle to give the flyingest <laughs> of on Sunday, three hours after we beat Arsenal. <laughs> I, I was just watching the Giants game, like, yeah, great goal. For <laughs> okay, about, to be honest. Just listen to the, the Korean Huming Sun country. Yeah. That's what I was talking to. Uh, Mina Kimes' brother and mum, who we've got a little uh, Twitter group of Spurs, Spurs and Seahawk fans going, and we were watching the game and you know chatting a bit. But ultimately, we were just talking about the mighty Spurs. <laughs> yeah, I like, I I could not, I care so. So this is probably not good for people listening. Probably already turned off anyway because yeah, this, I think we can redact this bit, Stu. We're not being glowingly positive for positive sake about the team, but um, do you know what it is, right? I don't, I, I, I don't care enough to give you two numbers. Like it's not going to happen. We never get anything, any, anything right on this podcast. But I tell you how I feel. Do you remember when uh, three years ago, maybe four years ago, I said that these games feel like a slow plod to losing to Atlanta in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not that. Not quite that. But I do feel like I just can't be bothered for this week because I want to. The last three games of the season against the Rams, the football team, and the 49ers are now not easy games at, at, in, like, at all. And we've currently, you know, after this weekend, we'll have nine wins. Now, I'm not saying we're going to lose all three, but in a stranger, what, you know, it wouldn't be ridiculous to suggest that we could lose all three and be nine and seven. So I kind of just want to get this week out of the way. I'd love to just fall asleep and wake up next Sunday, hopefully with Spurs picking up four points in the next two games, um, and just see what the game is like against the football team, because that's the one that kind of like really matters. 
Yeah, and is a lot scarier than it was yeah. last time he podded because they look offense is Alex Smith offense. Well, it's Alex Smith pre Harbour in San mm. Francisco, but that defense, that defensive line is insane. John Allen, Montez Sweat, um, Chase Young, Chase Young, and Payne. I can't remember his first name. They're all first round picks. It's like the 49ers. Is Kerrigan playing or is he injured? Who? Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, he's he's very like third down, okay. Adjacent. He's yeah. He's very very rarely in. But um, but like there's a sound clip from that that game. Mike Tomlin saying to Chase Young, "I never want to lose enough games to get someone who looks like you." <laughs> and like like that's what that's what's happened to that's what happened to the Forty ers They got the uh, Bosa, Buckner, Armstead, and Thomas. Thomas. Like, it happens when you at that end. You get. I mean, Chase Young's probably going to win defensive rookie of the year and he hasn't really amassed yeah. any much in way of stats he's only got like four sacks five mm. sacks like, Jamal Adams has got more sacks than Chase Young mm. he's so good so a question that came up on the show that we did after the game was um, that you know Pete Carroll is obviously going to be there for you know they're giving him the contract extension but Rob was suggesting that you know he would kind of like to see Carroll take a sort of Jackie Moon Role and bring in an Ed Monix type figure that someone else runs the offense and the defense, and you just have a head coach just to kind of be the head coach and kind of the figurehead of the whole thing. And it was interesting because you like when Pete talks about his rule, his rule of 50 with the offense and, and whatever, and like they got to 49 and we'll just run on fourth and 18 and you'll win. Um, yeah, for people that don't know, that the rule of 50 is a Vince Lombardi thing that if you combine the number of rushes you take plus the number of pass completions, if that number's over 50, you will likely... 80, between 80 and 85% chance of winning. Um, and obviously, if you extrapolate that out, you can say, well, just run 50 times and then you're guaranteed to win. Of course, that's not the case. And ultimately, you win a lot of games because uh, with rush numbers because you're rushing at the end to see out the clocks. But... Um, it does slightly worry me that Pete Carroll is going to be the head coach for three more years with this sort of philosophy of like, let's shut up shop and, uh, you know, Neil Warnock it for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I wouldn't do the Jackie Moon thing. You know, I think they kind of tried that with Holmgren and Mora. Oh, I mean, I'd rather, if he wasn't going to have a control, I'd rather you just not have him as the coach, but like he's going to be the coach for three more years. Yeah, but there's Within also that context. What do you do? This, I mean, Pete Carroll wasn't really on the radar in 2009, 2009? 2000, end of 2009, 2010, anyway. Mm-hmm. But there's legitimately no one on the radar who would like, who would like, who is like this? They're not going to come in and change everything because Schneider's going to be here. Mm. Schneider's got his like specs with Alex the Corp does all the work his draft work around that's not probably going to change obviously the DB stuff may but yeah I don't know I think I think Jackson Bevan's tweets that the first that every every Seahawks loss is the first Seahawks loss Seahawks Twitter has ever experienced mm. and this was kind of like an extreme example of that like it was right that some of the criticism was right because it was pathetic on Sunday like I, like, I was but Ben, who we had on, was goading me Sunday, Monday, still is. But I'm just like, yeah, fair play. Like, you beat us. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. Because since the bye, we're three and four. Three and four. And all, as Rob said in his article on his website, all four have been 
pretty tragic. Well, we're Buffalo, Rams, Cardinals, and Giants. Yeah, like the Cardinals one was different because that happened. Yeah, that's just a bit. A bit more the first half was I would, unbelievable. I'd separate that game out, yeah. but the Bills, the Rams, and the Giants losses for me are, are worrying. I have yeah. to say, I think that's the more worrying one because Russell Wilson made mistakes in the Rams game, but at least he was throwing the ball yeah. on time. He just was forcing it downfield a bit too much. But that on Sunday was. I mean, the quarterback got 105 yards and they scored 12 points. But at least he scored 12. People probably took, take something from that, maybe. <laughs> oh, um, get in the bin, Adam? Well, yeah, I mean, apart from the Seahawks, I have to make room for, for anyone else I'm about to put in. But yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll go first. Uh, ben put him in this week, so I'm going to drag him out, dust him off and throw him straight back in there. Jerry Jones, you're going back in the bin. Because today, or yes, last night on Dallas Radio, he said that Dak Prescott takes too many hits. Dak Prescott, who is recovering from leg surgery, a pretty extensive leg surgery, after suffering an injury on a fluke freak play seven weeks ago and seven months after he should have been paid by the very same Jerry Jones, but also... A Jerry Jones who did not invest in protecting that quarterback but also did not say the same words about Tony Romo who got who, whose career was ended by taking a sack by uh, your mate Cliff Averill so it's just he clearly does not want to pay him so you just got to hope that as soon as Dak Prescott is able to in 2021 it looks like he's going to be right to play. It won't be in that stadium and it'll be as far away from Jerry Jones as he can get because Dak, like the other um, quarterback in Texas, needs to get away from where he currently resides, Adam. It's funny. I was going to go across to the Texans for my bin candidate. Uh, I'm kind of putting Deshaun Watson in. I'm not because I love him. He's one of my favourite players in the league. But I just don't understand why he signed a deal to be there for four more years. Uh, apart from, you know, a lot of zeros, but he would have got those zeros wherever he went. So whatever. But centers who don't snap the ball properly to end a game, like that is just the, the way in which that center ended that game for Deshaun Watson on Sunday, uh, who had dr- dragged that team who are, rubbish without Will Fuller and he had dragged them all the way to the end zone against the Colts who are you know universally a playoff team I would say and the centre snaps it left of his shin and it's a fumble and you just think like you poor bastard and what what are you doing there and why have you stayed there it just doesn't really make any sense Um, the other bin naturally for this one. I mean, whoever is responsible for that play call in uh, at the Meadowlands on Sunday to allow the Raiders to win. Um, absolutely remarkable. Um, um, unless it was purely deliberate. I don't happen to think it was because there's a tape of, I think Dan Olovsky brought up the fact that Greg Wallace has done... Greg Wallace? What Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Equally that's, your, that's, your, that's your catering food. Yeah. A couple of two arseholes. Um <laughs> Two G's, both of them, as I remember. Double G, yes, true. Very important. Don't forget that with Greg Wallace when you're doing a charity cycle. Um, look it up on Twitter if you don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah, Greg Williams, what are you doing? And why is that? Like, just 
it's the first time in NFL history since they've been taking stats in 2001 that that amount of pressure has been called from that yardage or further. That less, that little, less than 15 seconds, and more than a field goal needed. Yeah. Uh, Of out of 296 times when it could have happened. So, hey. Maybe I mean, if if you're if you're going to get a, if you're going to get a generational quarterback, because at that point the Jacksonville Jaguars, I know, were going to win. But look, don't do it. Maybe it's the other 296 defensive coordinators that are wrong, and Greg Williams is right. You know, you can't rule that out. I mean, probably can. Yeah, you probably can. I mean, also, I'm really disappointed that obviously Jamal Adams hasn't spoken to the press yet, which after Sunday night could be fun. <laughs> Boy, was he pissed off. Um, is the fact that Pete hasn't yet brought up the, how bored or made reference to any reference to how bored Greg Williams is going to be this Sunday <laughs> sitting at home after what he said about the Jamal trade. But yeah, it's terrible. Um, it's funny because there is a clip someone posted on, on somewhere on YouTube, I think it was, where Greg Williams last year signing things at Jets training camp was asked what his favourite play called call was and he said cover zero. Mm. So, I mean, he's consistent. I mean... But the fact he outlasted anyone outlasted Adam Gase is insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. Uh, I don't think I've got anyone else for the bin. Um, no, I mean, college football is a mess. Doesn't yeah. look like Washington, Oregon's going to happen. Michigan, Ohio State's not happening because, was it 45 Michigan players had either injured or COVID? positives or contact tracing isolation 45 and all the talk in August September was that all these college players were going to be safer on campus than they were away and we're just going to see a flurry of team players opting out this like yeah Alabama are going to win the national championship it's going to have the biggest asterisk in the world against it because yeah it's just it's a mess it should never a college football with everything going on on college campuses should not have happened but the fact it is the NCAA are just a riddleless ship. It's just insane. Well, there's there's part of me that, linking back to the NFL side of things that obviously they, they want to ideally have the you know the seven team uh, playoff and no and only one team gets a bye. But it's got to seem sensible to once the playoffs are established, bubble the teams up for two weeks and do yeah. something like the NBA did and just have a you know an NFC region and an AFC region. I think baseball then, did it. Yeah, they did for the playoffs. They played in Texas and is it Arizona? Yeah, I think they did. Um, and it, you, it's more difficult to bubble up a whole NFL roster, but you, know, you could say, look, 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 you know, I don't know where you can go where there's two stadiums that you know in effect, you know, where you got, you, know, you could do it in bloody Seattle, and you can want, you could have play at the Husky Stadium, and you can play in Seattle, and you know each team takes a hotel and, and just bubbles up for for a while. I just don't really understand, uh, you know. They've been hugely bold, the NFL, in, in getting the season done and kind of claiming that no games have been cancelled, which is you know becoming a little bit more uh, tenuous by the week. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's time they need to take it a little bit more seriously in terms of how they bubble teams up. Yeah, but like you, you can't do it in San Francisco, California, because they don't like sports teams. Apparently, they've shipped off the Niners to um, Arizona. But in Seattle, there's two there's two stadiums. Mm. I mean, all you need is the was it. 110 by 52 or whatever Russell and always recites but <laughs> but yeah um, I think that's anything for the bin I don't think there's anyone else 
It was just, I mean, the Seahawks can go in the bin. Russell Wilson can go in the bin for Sunday. Yeah. Some some of the reaction has been a bit over the top. I mean, the Seahawks, I know it's not going to be the first or second week of February for this team, probably. But, like, yeah. If we, end up, if we end up going out in the first round or two... I, I don't think we will. I, I think we'll win a playoff game. A playoff game. But if we end up... You know, we won a playoff game last year as well. If we go out in the division round again this year, having pretty much beat the Eagles, having pretty much kind of, you know... It's pretty much a cover zero blitz equivalent we've taken on this season, the amount they've spent on this roster. Is that really going to be acceptable? Because it wasn't for anyone at the start of the season. Well, like I said at the start of the season, I think, like I said, we said to Danny O'Neill back when this season was a very pre post Jamal. Mm-hmm. I still think it is. I still think everything kind of changed post Jamal because I was just like, we're going to get to the player. I think what is going to happen was what I thought pre-Jamal Adams to be honest mm-hmm. and it's just come back around to it with Jamal Adams in and no first round picks but I don't know There's, I think we'll win a playoff game I, it would not surprise me if, if we win the division okay I don't know how but then I don't know yeah 6 o'clock start against Washington next week maybe that could be difficult we'll probably lose this Sunday now but never mind um <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I think this team, I think the defence is, if the players who are healthy stay healthy, I think this defence is good enough to stop most of the teams in the NFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think probably outside of two, like they're going to have issues with Green Bay because Rodgers and the floor are just purring in there. And Drew Brees is going to, You'd expect to be back and be able to hand the ball and they off. Never stop the Rams. And having Kamara, and but yeah, but they've got Jared Goff. Well, we like, it's Tim Krull, Stuart. Yeah, I know, but it's three hundred. Like, what well, you threw three hundred thirty-one yards on Sunday. I think three hundred nineteen of it was yak. <laughs> yeah, it was. Like Sean McVay is a genius, and like he called the quarterback out last Sunday, and then spent the six days in between finding ways to protect him. Like, no other coach is going to protect their quarterback because the floor is getting all the rave reviews for Green Bay, but he's not protecting Aaron Rodgers. He's bringing more to Aaron Rodgers. Like, they talked about last week of all, like, the stat motions and everything that he didn't do and didn't really want to do anyway, but he's doing it and he's successful. Mm. It's, yeah, like, the, the, uh, I think it's going to be, like, the pack is going to be hard to stop. Their defense makes plays, more plays than our defense makes, and that offense is just. I mean, Lazard's back, and he's not even back at full. Mm. Obviously, you got MVS, and then you got that unbelievable page. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fan base, um, which is just a re- remarkable one. I mean, no other team beat the Steelers, Adam. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Every uh, yeah. Uh, one, 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 one bit of praise on Sunday. I think he's going a bit of variety for it. Brian Flores, that was amazing. Watching him pace, charge across the, the field to confront uh, Michael Thomas for the Bengals. Oh, yeah. He took out um, uh, Grant, the returner, and just a dirty play, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Jakeem Grant chasing after Matt Collins and Devante Parker, who got ejected for protecting him and dapping him up and thanking them 
for having his back was just like that's like Brian Flores is coach of the year but I think Greg Rosenthal saying it's Flores and everyone else it is like the fact that they're in the playoff and is ridiculous if Kevin Stefanski gets 11 wins out of the Browns yeah but I mean I mean, I know that they were on the charge anyway and they built a roster but yeah it's, like it's so like the Browns to get double-digit <laughs> wins would be incredible. Yeah, I mean, Sunday was, was it 38-3 at halftime? Mm. 33 or something. Yeah, it was. But but like, like, like you mentioned, I think the Dolphins are way away from where the Browns are. I mean, I know he's Baker's better without him, but Jarvis Landry, O'Dell, Chubb, Hunt, Number one pick in uh, mm. Baker, then the defense you got Miles Garrett, you got Denzel Ward, you got Greedy Williams, and the Dolphins you've got Tua <laughs> and Xavier Howard. Like you've got no one, and that team is is a tough out. And if they're not losing, also another note: Bill Belichick, even in an awful season for Bill Belichick and the Patriots, is always going to find a way to stop the opposing team's best player 45 nil, and I think Justin Jefferson has just gone to the top of the rookie year rankings and people have heard it after that I think you're right on all fronts there my friend yeah uh, anything else anything of other note from no this podcast no. more than run its course I feel for the game <laughs> the, the games we've got coming up right enjoy the game on Sunday PUSB against Wickham on Saturday which is as I said far more important uh, all the usual means and methods if you want to get involved with the podcast we do urge and encourage you to just send anything to myself or Adam on all our pretty visible and Adam's normally moaning about referee appointments to Spurs games and I'm tweeting about Pat McAfee doing moonsaults off top of cages in <laughs> wrestling on Sunday night unbelievable absolutely unbelievable what a man uh, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast Go Hawks Hey, Jamal, um, how would you describe the defense's place in that third quarter? Yeah, uh, that's not our standard. You know, that's that's not that's not Seahawks football. That's not Seahawks defense. I don't know what it was. I, to be honest, you know, I do know what it was. We just weren't, we weren't doing our, our job, right? And when you don't do your job on defense and a running ball, um, you know, like the, the way they're running it, um, very, you know, efficient, you know, you're going to have a long day. So we didn't do our job.